Hello and welcome to the Zenial Dome. My name is Gareth Gwynn. And I'm Esther Sears. And this is the version of the Zenial Dome podcast in which we look at this month in Zenial history. Well, um, I'll explain for the people we've never heard before. You're a Zenial if you were born between 1977 and 1985. Today we're going to look at October 2001. What's funny, I feel, from my own point of view, this is when I started university... And I feel like I started to slightly lose... I didn't have a telly in my first year. Okay. So I started to slightly lose the grasp of like popular right. culture in a yeah, weird yeah. way. Um, what, what were you up to? So I was going into my third year. Right. So you were busy? Um, no. Because my... <laughs> because... When I went to when I, when I went to university, my first year, even though you were, you just needed to pass your first year, mm. I worked really hard. Oh, well done. Good. Thank, thank Good. you. Um, I won like an award and stuff. <laughs> it was just insane. And then by the third year, my long term boyfriend and I had broken up, and I pissed everything up the wall. Oh no! For, for like the first term, especially, like I was out all the time. So I had like my first year in my third year. <laughs> <laughs> So were you like the sort of fun third year? Yeah. Were you hanging out with all the freshers in a way that <laughs> the other third years are like? I was definitely, yeah, I was definitely pulling students oh. from the year below because they were it's quite a bad in. luck. <laughs> That's a bad luck. <laughs> oh, God. I just, yeah, I don't know what happened. Anyway. I still, I still got a first. It's fine. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, let's have a look at what was going on in October uh, 2001. So, a couple of big technology things were kicking off. The first one um, was the, the commercial launch of 3G. Oh, okay. This didn't affect me for a very long no. time. <laughs> No. But another item, which similarly, it was announced in October 2001, uh, was the first iPod. Hang on. In the UK? First one ever. Hang on. Oh! October. No, this does make sense. Yeah. So in October 2001 was when Steve Jobs stood on a stage and went, I've got this thing. Uh, okay. And I, re- I think I remember thinking, I don't understand what this is. Yeah, what and what I don't... could this possibly be for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This isn't happening. <laughs> so, when it was launched, the press called it Apple's 21st Century Walkman. Oh, guys. <laughs> I really hate that. I really hate when people pitch and they'll they'll say what it's like. I've written this thing that I really want you to commission. It's like EastEnders. Don't reference stuff that already exists. Like with the Walkman, like the Walkman is done with now. Yeah. Like, don't talk... Don't... I think I'd have marked it as... It's the Walkman meets a kitchen tile. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve Jobs announced it as uh, a Mac-compatible product mm. with a 5-gig hard drive that put a 1,000 songs in your pocket. Right. That does actually sound like quite a good... Like, the 1,000 songs that you go, got it, I know yeah. what this is for. But you got one quite early, didn't you? I remember you saying Yeah, so this. my first ever job in London... Which would have been two thousand and three. Okay, yeah. Um, my boss went to America, and he bought an iPod each for me and my colleague. It was only three of us working yeah. for this company, and we got those as a bonus. Nice. Yeah, but he obviously bought them cheaper in America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he put some random bewitched 
songs and some French rock on there. I don't know what why. What was the thinking behind that? I don't know. I, I, he obviously wanted us to have some songs on there when he gave them to us. He really liked French rock. And I think maybe he thought that young women were listening to Bewitched. Was there any element that as a group, when you stood together, you looked like Bewitched? No. Was there a lot of denim going on in your office? No. No one was Irish. No one was? No. <laughs> You're was, Welsh, it sort of. Well, my boss like... was Welsh. My, yeah, my, my colleague was English. It was, yeah, it was really weird. It's a funny choice, I think, Bewitched. It is, yeah. But I do also remember getting it and thinking, I'm never going to use this to its full capacity. Like, I can't name a thousand songs. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't, because I think the when Witch's you... The Witch's first album. The Witch's second <laughs> <laughs> October 2001 to, we're in the middle of reality TV competitions okay. auditioning for things yeah. so in October 2001 you have the first series of Pop Idol with Nasty Nigel Nasty Nigel had gone by this point. Oh, okay. He was in Pop Stars, where pop they made stars. TSA. Yes. And then they did Pop Idol. Oh. And the weird thing about Pop Idol is, even though it ran in other countries for years, they only did it for two years in Britain. Because doesn't it feel like something that ran and ran yes. and ran? Um, so hang on, who was... So the first winner was Will Young, and he beat Gareth Gates. Yeah. And then the following series was Michelle McManus. Wow. So the rules were, uh, the show is a singing competition open to people aged between 16 and 26. Because <gasps> after uh, 26, you're basically well, dead. Well, that's the thing. That, well, it's so interesting. <laughs> I didn't realise it was that narrow a bracket. No. The only one of these series I ever watched with any regularity was one of the series of American Idol. Okay. Like, and a guy called Taylor Hicks won it. And he was 30. Okay. And he was at the upper age. And they kept making a really big deal about the fact he was 30. But he had grey hair. He looked like Father Ted. Right, okay. So it was quite a... Yeah, it was all these youngsters. And then this grey-haired guy who looked like a priest. (laughs) It was really But it's funny how we would have been watching this. So I would have been um, like 20. So you would have been 17. Yeah. 18. I'd have been 18 when this was out. We would have looked at someone in their thirties and think they were ancient. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now I look thinking, oh, how I wish, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a thirty-year-old greying man. But um, that wasn't the reality TV show I wanted to talk. About. Oh, what? I want to talk about a different reality TV show which I had never heard of, but I'm absolutely fascinated by. So on the first of October, two thousand and one. The Actors' Union, Equity, denied a report in the Daily Star that its members have refused to work with the winners of ITV1's Soap Stars. And I read that and thought, what on earth is Soap Stars? And it turns out that in September, they had started a Pop Idol-style show to find a new family... I remember this. I remember this. So the show started. Straight away, Equity like, we do not like the sound of this. (laughs) It was an insulting affront to the men and women in our profession who endure low rates of pay, rejection and humiliation in the course of their work, despite their training experience and dedication of talent. Now, what I would say about that statement is, I feel that if I were an actor reading this, I'd be like, steady on. (laughs) 
Like, the set that's endure, low risk pay rejection, humiliation. They've really made acting sound like the least appealing yeah, job yeah, in the world. Yeah. And I know it is it is a grueling task mm. in the auditioning and the yeah. and I and I can totally see why equity went this yeah. can't become uh, wow. a thing. I remember this because I've just Googled it and I can see a photo of the family and I remember being incredibly annoyed by them all. (laughs) (laughs) Every single one of them. Oh, God. So, yeah, so the show had started in September to find a new family for Mm. Emmerdale. Equity immediately. (laughs) For Emmerdale as well. Like, Coronation Street and EastEnders would never have agreed to this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they won a three-month contract to appear as the Calder family in Emmerdale, beginning 2001. Their contracts were extended, but by August 2002, everyone had left the show. Oh, okay. So I wanted to watch a bit of this audition (laughs) process. Because at least with Pop Idol and Pop Stars and X Factor, there's Please Come in Front of Us Mm -hmm. and Audition. And so you wonder, well, how on earth do you do this? There's little clips of this on YouTube. The first clip I saw was a woman who stuck her whole hand in her mouth. So, like, you could just do anything? You And people did just do anything. There's a clip of a woman who just laughs at the judges for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You can do absolutely anything to try and uh, get through the process. But then, thinking about it, if this programme had come out... um, like when I was in, in school, or primary school or high school, and it was to be a new family in Neighbours, I would have been straight on it. Like, my dream is to be in Neighbours. So for me, I would have been fully on board with this concept. If, yeah, if I course. If I'd been younger and if it had been Neighbours. Yeah, and I can... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ifs there. <laughs> but I, it, it, it strikes me as... It's such a weird thing for the channel. I mean, it's obviously they're going like, this will be a way to bring more viewers to Emmerdale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. But the fact that the way that the, the show is set up with a judging panel and three mm. people judging, yeah. but you can't get them to come on and go like, please do your audition piece. Please do a little bit of Ian Beale from, e- yeah. from EastEnders or, just, or something or like that. Or just put people together and see them interact as a family. I'm sure, as it, that. I'm sure as it went on, okay. they must have done that. It's just the only clip. The first clip I saw was a woman who whacks her fist in her mouth right away and everyone's like, ah, oh, well done. Like, well, if you're going to turn that into a plot, this is going to be hard work. Although actually, if you're trying to give a true depiction of a rural village that actually you would have that someone actually... like that in that village for sure <laughs> um, I'm just looking at one of the press releases from when they first started okay. this show so soap stars will document the agony and the ecstasy the highs and the lows the whole process as the hopefuls are asked to role play and take part in other drama exercises followed by the final casting selection okay. drama classes will follow as the lucky few hone their craft and the soap's writing process will also come into the spotlight as the new cast members are incorporated into the plot. And the cameras will follow the chosen family as they attend rehearsals, meet their fellow cast members, and finally make their screen debut. Right. So the series, even though they were named in September, the series then followed them going, OK, so you can put your uh... hand in your mouth, but can you? <laughs> I love how the drama classes come after. The drama the classes come after the audition, it seems. Yeah. Well, I think you find natural talent, then yeah. you have the drama classes. I don't know if they cover the equity protests as part of it. 
or the rumours that the actors were refusing to be in scenes with them. It'd be quite difficult if, if because that was the threat, clearly, that that might happen. Um, it would be hard, though, wouldn't it, to work alongside people who haven't had to go through what you've gone through to get the role you've got. Because I imagine to get a role on a soap, you know, you have to work really hard. Oh, yeah, and there's tough fierce jobs. competition. Yeah, full on. And then for someone to just be kind of parachuted in. <laughs> like you said, who's in on the fact that they can fit a body part? <laughs> like, I think it would grate on you a bit. Well, as well, if the other characters don't want to be in scenes with them, mm. no wonder they had a struggle with the show. Because no. that's a very odd show if there's a family we keep cutting to yeah. who never interact with Although, anyone again, else. again... In every rural community. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when we did the Machantleth recording Mm. uh, with Rialina? Yeah. And I gave a copy of Q magazine to every person who came because I was getting a box of them. I did keep a handful of Q magazines back. Yeah. And just ones where I thought, oh, I might end up reading that one again Mm. one day. And one of the ones I kept back was October oh, 2001. great. So I've just brought it in and gone, there we are. That's what people were talking about in October right. 2001. Uh, who's that? That is Fran Healy oh, from Travis. Oh, the little tuft on the top of his head. Yeah. yeah. So the reason I kept it is because it was a big anniversary edition. So yeah. they said, oh, we're going to do the top albums of Q Magazine's 15 years that you've been publishing by then. I love this. Like, the first page I've opened it up on is Patty Kensett sticking two fingers up to a camera. That's that, so... That is. Yeah. The ni- but what I like about that is the 90s are over, but Q Magazine are still like, <laughs> just got their fingernails in the 90s. Wow, yeah. um, highlights is an interview with Victoria Beckham, okay. which is quite early on, where people send in questions, which was one of the best bits of Q Magazine, where they, all the questions were set by... I think it might be on the next page. Oh my god! Do you know? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Do you know what the first question is? No, because I. Uh, Go on. From a man to Victoria Beckham. Do you, as the football chants suggest, take it up the arse? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassed laughter, obviously. That's something personal that I wouldn't talk about. Some people find it easy to talk about sex, but I find it really embarrassing. Anyway, now David is England captain. He doesn't get the nasty chance quite so much. You have to remember why they're doing it, just to put David off his game. It's a bit embarrassing when you're sat there with your mum and dad, though. That is an infinitely more dignified answer than she had any... Yeah. I mean, uh, they shouldn't have give. published it. No, that's... They shouldn't have asked they it. They shouldn't like... have asked it. But the f- and also the first one. Oh, yeah, they've gone She's... in... She is... A successful pop star in her own right. Like when her when she and David Beckham got together, she was more famous than yeah. him. Let me see what else is there. Um Public Transport, who dresses David? How posh are you? Oh god, Dane Bowers. Oh my god, do you and David still get jiggy now you've been married for a while? <laughs> It's fascinating that Q magazine is publishing things like this. I think there are other magazines that you might have thought would do that. But I think Q sold itself as a little bit above the fray. Yeah. 
And there's another question. Can you swear on your son's life that the Spice Girls are working together? And she's like, I'd never swear on my son's life about anything. Do you cook more with... (laughs) Right. Remembering the questions I've just read out to you about her sex life. One of the questions then is, do you cook more with fresh or dried herbs? I like this one. Would you have called your baby shithole if he was conceived in Warrington? <laughs> I approve of that. <laughs> but then, but then this stuff like, um, in your experience, our footballers' wives really as divvy as is commonly believed. It's not a respectful tone, is I think no, what it's we're not. Uh, driving at. No, but that that first one, taking it up the ass as an opening question as well, is. Um, have any of the Spice Girls snogged each other? Oh, God. I, I'm going to put the magazine there. <laughs> well, it's, it's worth saying, we've only done three pages in. That's the first article. That is the first article of the magazine. Um, there's an interview with Alison Goldfrapp there. Yeah. If she had a superpower, it would be bionic vision. Okay. So that's fine. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I'd love to, what I'd love to do, oh God, what I would love to do is to go back through old interviews with people and find out if the answers are the same now. Like, is that what she'd say now? Would she still want bionic vision? Oh yeah, that's a great... <laughs> that's, I, I I'd launch in, a magazine to do just that. I thought you meant in relation to some of the ones they asked Victoria Beckham, oh, but yeah. I, I don't think you'd be asking <laughs> See, oh, so they asked all this question to Victoria Beckham. The question they asked to Alison Goldfrapp is, is there a God? <laughs> For what it's worth, no. Oh, fine. fine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'd quite like to know what she thinks now. What's the picture of the Queen doing there? Ten anniversaries that aren't as good as Q's. <laughs> Quite a funny idea for an article, actually. It's a thick magazine, isn't it? You have yeah, to fill you, it. You felt like you were getting your money's worth when you yeah. bought it. And really what you were buying it for was the album reviews at the back, which yeah. were pretty hefty. But, I mean, like any Q magazine, Big Picture of Bono. Not yeah. gonna, they're not going to disappoint. Big Picture of Stone Roses. <laughs> you know, Q, very much. What are they advertising? What are the adverts in there? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, Ginster's Pasties. Oh, this, I think, might be the most 2001 thing I've ever seen. Okay. It is a column which is called Surfer's Paradise, and it is the most exciting websites of the month. Oh. <laughs> so they are The Political Compass, a brilliant site, which uh, is intending to provide a more sophisticated analysis of political ideology. Please, that worked out for them. <laughs> a directory of hidden tube stations... And Elvis's recipes. Actually, hang on, that does sound quite good. Oh, does that still exist? What's <laughs> Dine that? like a king on fried peanut butter sandwiches and banana pudding. See if you can match his daily ninety-four thousand calorie count. What's, what's the website called? It is. Um, you asked for an early noughties website. <laughs> HTTP oh, colon yes. forward slash forward slash hometown dot aol dot com forward slash m o m p a c forward slash recipe dot htm. A what? Give me a minute. <laughs> Right. How do you spell recipe? That's one of those ones. I don't know. <laughs> HTM. No, that just takes me to the AOL homepage. Sorry, you're not finding out what Elvis ate. 
Although there's a documentary about it on iPlayer. Which, oh, is there? Yeah, oh, okay. Which I found, very, I found very interesting. And then yeah. I later found out that Elvis fans absolutely hate it. Oh, do they? Yeah. I thought it was good. Why do they hate it? Uh, I think they think it's disrespectful to oh. his memory. Yeah. I found it really interesting. Don't, <laughs> okay. tell, don't tell Mike Bubbins. <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. That's why you're whispering. Sure. So that is October 2001. I mean, it stinks of it. (laughs) (laughs) It couldn't be anything else. So, um, do get in touch with your memories of October 2001 on hotmail.com. You can tweet us at thezenialdome. You can send us a message on Instagram at zenialdome. We'll be back next week with another month and a year. See you then. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) 